Hello and welcome. Well, I got something very special here for you. I'm gonna tell you what it is and then I want you to listen to this almost perfectly timed 15 minute video. And I think it explores justice just right. So stay tuned and tell me what you think. has concerned me greatly of late and I say to any creature who may be listening there can be no justice so long as laws are absolute even life itself is an exercise in exceptions you say you are true evil shall I tell you what true evil is it is to submit to you it is when we surrender our freedom our dignity instead of defying you would you choose one life over 1,000, sir? I refuse to let arithmetic decide questions like that. You have extended your life at the expense of another. Graves, give data back. Give him back. Data is dead. No. He must not be lost. He's not simply an android. He's a life form, entirely unique. Data is not human. He is... He is different. Yes. But that does not make him expendable or any less significant. No being is so important that he can usurp the rights of another. We two are machines, just machines of a different type. Children are created from the building blocks of their parents' DNA. Are they property? Prove to the court that I am sentient. This is absurd. We all know you're sentient. So I'm sentient, but Commander Data is not. That's right. Uh, why? Why am I sentient? Why am I self-aware? Isn't that becoming a race? And won't we be judged by how we treat that race? Now tell me, Commander, what is Data? I don't understand. What is he? A machine! Is he? Are you sure? Yes! You see, he's met two of your three criteria for sentience, so what if he meets a third? Consciousness in even the smallest degree. What is he then? I don't know. Do you? The decision you reach here today will determine how we will regard this creation of our genius. It will reveal the kind of a people we are, what he is destined to be. It will reach far beyond this courtroom and this one android. It could significantly redefine the boundaries of personal liberty and freedom, expanding them for some, savagely curtailing them for others. Are you prepared to condemn him and all who come after him to servitude and slavery? Your Honor, Starfleet was founded to seek out new life. Well, there it sits. Then I regret that I must order you to transport Lull aboard my ship. Starfleet myself. I am Starfleet, Captain. Proceed, Commander. Hold your ground, Mr. Data. Captain, you are jeopardizing your command and your career. There are times, sir, when men of good conscience cannot blindly follow orders. You acknowledge that. 
habit. You ignore their personal liberties and freedom. Order a man to hand this child over to the state. While I'm his captain. Your whisper from the dark has now become a plea. Justice isn't meant to be absolute or fair, then how unfair has the human race been? I guess overcoming hatred and partisanship is the first thing. But you're going to hear more because I'm going to play the whole, I'm going to play out some of the stuff for you that I found. And I just want you to hear it. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to ask the question after you hear everything. So stick around. Relations campaign to oppose legislation that would have required the federal government to pay for medical care for all those eligible to receive Social Security. In those days, note the AMA was against it. One of the AMA's measures to distribute an album, an LP, remember those? Things like this that we put on objects called record players, called Ronald Reagan Speaks Out Against Socialized Medicine. No uh, video this time, just audio. One of the traditional methods of imposing statism or socialism on a people has been by way of medicine. The doctor begins to lose freedoms. It's like telling a lie and one leads to another. So a doctor decides he wants to practice in one town and the government has to say to him, you can't live in that town. They already have enough doctors. You have to go someplace else. And from here, it's only a short step to dictating where he will go. All of us can see what happens once you establish the precedent that the government can determine a man's working place and his working methods, determine his employment. Mark Stein? That's a much better LP than Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> um, 
he, he's he's right. Every everything that people think sounds ridiculous actually happens uh, in uh, in in uh, in countries with uh, government healthcare systems. He was he's quite right. In in the province of Quebec, for example, they tell uh, doctors no, uh, you can't practice in Montreal. You've got to go and practice up in Lac Saint Jean, uh, you know, uh, a few hours north because they need a they need a doctor there. Uh, he he rightly identified, I think. What is at issue here, which is that if, once the government is responsible for your health care, it licenses the government uh, to regulate every aspect of your life because everything's to do what you eat impacts on your health. Uh, we, we under, we, that's the argument that was made uh, about seat belts right. and motorcycle right. helmets, that uh, if you fall off your motorcycle and you're not wearing a helmet, you'll have to be patched up in hospital at government expense. Therefore, the government has the right to tell you you have to wear a helmet. Uh, now we see that uh, in, in, uh, in, in Britain, where they have health inspectors coming around to inspect the contents of your fridge, uh, they've got cameras not just to detect your speed on the highways, but uh, the close in to see whether you're eating a sandwich uh, in your car. But not what the sandwich is made of, though, right? Not yet. <laughs> no, no, they can't, they, can't, they can't detect yet whether it's a ham and rye, hold right. the mustard, yeah. but they can detect that it's a sandwich. Uh, because, because once you've got government health care, that gives the uh, government the right to regulate everything, uh, everything else in your life. And he saw that. Why does, the, why does no one sound like that anymore? So I got something I, got, I want you guys to hear. Now, it may not be important, but I think it is. By comparison, Donald Trump and Ronald Reagan are just alike. So share your sh- think about this when you go vote. Doing what's right for the country or doing what's right for China, like Joe Biden is trying to do. And listen to this. any measure. Ronald Reagan defeats President Jimmy Carter by 10 percentage points on the popular vote, eight and a half million votes. He wins 44 states, 489 electoral votes, and sweeps the Republican Senate into power on his coattails. Thank you. Thank you very much, everybody. 2016. Despite running 2.7 million popular votes behind Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump wins the White House by carrying 30 states with 306 electoral votes. A shift of only 40,000 votes from Trump to Clinton in three of the closest states, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, one-thirtieth of one percent of the national total would have made Clinton the winner. And yet it may be Trump, rather than Reagan, who presides over greater public policy chair. Reagan came to the presidency with the clear goal of shrinking the power of Washington, as he said in his first inaugural address. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Yet, by the end of his two terms, not a single social program of Lyndon Johnson's Great Society had been eliminated or substantially reduced. Not Medicare... Not Medicaid, not Head Start, not Consumer Protection, not the Civil Rights Act. In fact, under Reagan, the size of the federal civilian workforce grew. The federal budget deficit set peacetime records, and the national debt reached an all-time high. Why? One huge reason, divided government. 
The House of Representatives was in Democratic hands all eight years of his presidency, the Senate for the last two. Reagan had to negotiate with the opposition. And Reagan dealt with a very different Republican Party than today's. At least a third of Senate Republicans back then were squarely in the moderate and even liberal camp, an all but extinct breed today. That was a check on Reagan's cabinet and court appointments. By contrast, Trump will have a Congress under total Republican control and a party more consistently conservative than back in the 1980s. That means, for instance, that President Obama's key legislative victory, the Affordable Care Act, is likely to be repealed and replaced. But just as important, a Senate rule change Democrats put into place when they held the majority three years ago, abolishing the filibuster for most judicial and presidential nominations. This means that now that they are in the minority, Democrats have a lot less power to block Trump's choices. And some of those choices advocate sweeping changes in federal policy. His choice for attorney general, Alabama Senator Jeff Sessions, has long opposed the Justice Department's attempts to block state laws that impose voter ID requirements. His proposed Environmental Protection Agency Administrator, Oklahoma Attorney General Scott Pruitt, is a skeptic of man-made climate change and an ally of the oil, coal, and natural gas industries. His proposed Education Secretary, Michigan activist Betsy DeVos, is a strong supporter of charter schools and deeply critical of teachers' unions. And his choice for Housing and Urban Development Secretary, Dr. Ben Carson, has called public housing desegregation rules failed mandated social engineering schemes and likened them to communism. Trump's pick for Labor Secretary, Andrew Puzder, is a foe of the Obama administration's expansion of eligibility for overtime pay and of raising the minimum wage. What this means is that once Trump's cabinet is in place, it could represent as clear a reversal of federal policies as any in recent memory. An even more dramatic arena for change is the Supreme Court. Back in Reagan's time, justices would occasionally diverge from the policies of the president who appointed them. For instance, Justices Sandra Day O'Connor and Anthony Kennedy voted to uphold the core of Roe v. Wade, the decision that had made abortion a constitutional right, which Reagan opposed. But for the last quarter century, almost every Supreme Court nominee of every president has voted consistently along political lines. Chief Justice John Roberts upholding Obamacare is one big exception. They will interpret the Constitution the way the founders wanted it interpreted. And I believe that's very, very important. Trump promised to put conservatives on the high court from a list of 21 potential nominees he released during the campaign. And he'll start with the unfilled vacancy left by the death of Antonin Scalia. Should Justice Kennedy or either of the court's oldest liberals, Ruth Bader Ginsburg or Stephen Breyer, retire, Trump could change the court for a generation by creating a 6-3 conservative majority for the first time since the 1930s. To be sure, it's not clear sailing for Trump's agenda. A dozen returning Republican senators, roughly one in four, rejected or never endorsed Trump's presidential bid. They may push back on some of his nominees and proposals. Still, it is a striking measure of what has changed that a Republican, who won the two biggest landslides in his party's history, could change far less than his rhetoric promised, while a Republican who edged into office by so narrow a margin has the potential to change so much more.
So, I have a reason now for playing this next one. We forget how I don't I don't understand how people look at others and judge things, but I think this one speaks louder than anything else that I can say to you or to anybody else. And I want everybody to know that all these soundtracks you guys are hearing are all from YouTube. I think it's very valuable to understand what's going on and how far America has gone and lost its way. This next one you're going to hear is going to be something that I hold dear. Something that I think everybody needs to listen to once in a while to get back on track, to know what's going on in the world and to see it through the eyes of people who actually understand history. So, share in this moment. Live in this moment. Because this is history. Stay tuned. demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty. I have a dream. That one day, this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created
in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. I have a dream that one day, down in Alabama, with its vicious races, with its governor, that and you're wondering why well 
We have a problem in America. It's called division. I'm going to play a news article that really has me. And I think it should have all of your guys' attention. I want you guys to listen to what it speaks to. And how far out people are willing to go to lie to the American people. What exactly was CNN doing when they made this piece? It's not true. I've checked it against Google. I've checked it against everything I can think of. But this news article was offensive and wrong. And for anybody who supports Morning Joe or anything like that, this is why I think it's wrong. Just listen to Joe Biden's words, listen to his racist statement, and then tell me I'm in the wrong to call out the wrongs of people. When you come to New York, VP Biden, it's I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black, it don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. I would love to see. Take you a look at people. my record, man. I extended the voting racks twenty-five years. I have a record that is second to none. The NAACP has endorsed me every time I've run. The world. I mean, come on. Take a look at the record. Now, I've been critical of you. Um, I, I have a few things I want to talk to you about. Today. I know you have. Yeah. You don't know me. No, I don't. That's why I want to get to know you today. I want to get to know you today. Um, I want to talk to you about mostly black stuff. I get overwhelming support from the black leadership, young and old. Every poll shows me way ahead. And black people saved your political life in the primaries this year. They have things they want from you. And one of them is a black woman running mate. What what do you say to them? What I say to them is that I'm not acknowledging anybody who is being considered, but I guarantee you there are multiple black women being considered. We've seen it more clearly now. In In a black majority county, they're six times more likely to die in a pandemic than a white county. They're disproportionately uninsured in the African-American community. Disproportionately make up the essential jobs that, that, that they can't do at home. They're risking their lives every day. Enough's enough. What's, what's something that you always carry with you? Hot Just... sauce. Really? You... Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You getting information right now? Hot sauce. Hot sauce wow. in my bag, Swag? Hot sauce. Really? Yes. Now listen, yes. I just want you to know, people are going to see this and say, okay, she's pandering to black people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it working? Yeah. <laughs> and allow me to fix one thing. That was Breakfast Club. He said that on the Breakfast Club. So you tell me, is it wrong? Finally, my closing statement coming up after this song. I think it's one more appropriately for this podcast. It's one that sings a better song than 
most songs. It's one that speaks to the American spirit, and it's one that represents all people from all walks of life, and how we need to be accepting, and how we need to listen to each other. Here is the song.
So, my closing statement is to be straightforward. I can't see color, I can't see the type of people I'm friends with because I don't recognize race or anything like that. I recognize people. We all bleed the same, we all have feelings, we all have a heart. We all can't just stand by while injustice falls upon us. But we need to first find the reason for what's going on in America. We can support all these groups we want to, but all these groups are not doing us any good unless we're out there promoting fairness and justice for all. How many times have I said that the only way to have fairness, the only way to have justice, is to work together. Our biggest failure in our society is the fact that no one works with us. Everybody's out for their own little thing, their own little piece of the pie, their own little dream boat that they want, but they don't want to hear the conversation. Here it is. Lay it out flat for you. Don't be a sucker for anything you hear. Be a listener. Hear what I'm telling you. Hear what you're being told. And listen for the words. Because those are the words that's going to make the difference for you. If you believe you're being wronged, then it's time to talk about it. If you think that for five minutes you can't do the job that you've been asked to do and you're going to whine about it, complain about it, then you need to quit the job. Because no one's going to do your job for you. you got to do it yourself. Injustice, fighting for rights, getting equal and fair rights is important. So let's start with getting equal and fair rights. Equal and fair rights means that every time you do something that's wrong, well, why shouldn't they just do the exact same thing? Because you just did the exact same thing that was wrong. So two wrongs don't make a right. And one wrong never makes a right. You do it right the first time. You listen, you communicate, you tell how you feel. And you don't silence the people who care about you the most. You listen to what they have to say. The conversation may be hard to have, but it's a lot better to have a conversation than to tear down the walls of history and stop it and start ignoring what's really going on before our very own eyes. The conversation, the understanding, happens here. I want to hear your voice, but I want you to remember the only way I can hear your voice is if you're listening and you understand what you're saying. Stay tuned, there's more. Thank you.